Oh, dear. Here we go. Another episode of Oh, Dear, number six. Pretty good. And hey, happy fifth anniversary now to Kevin Walsh. This is his his five (laughs) episode anniversary. So we're getting there. We're going and happy to be back once again. As always, we are presented by Bose Bar and Stage. So a big thank you goes out to them and joined by... uh, three amigos as well and you know what if there was a title for mr get shit done it wouldn't even be good enough for him because you know what he gets it done dustin moore how's it going yeah what's going on guys normally i come on here and i'm pumped and i'm happy and you know what i'm not gonna lie it's been a brutal week my i've had a sick kid for three or four days now and the sleep's limited and uh we're living through minus 50 there the past week or so and now it just got nice and now i'm still stuck in my home so things are kind of crappy right now but i'm gonna be honest it's friday night i'm drinking a red heart i'm recording episode six so things are looking up and i said i was gonna be nice this time i meant it he's smart he's handsome he puts up with my crap every episode kevin walsh how's it going i knew you weren't talking about ryan lund right there so i knew it was coming (laughs) to me i was i was hoping he was gonna say my name but damn it (laughs) yeah i'm good uh we've been doing some some housework to our house and it's it started before the deep freeze and it was supposed to take a week and because of the deep freeze it's taken three weeks so our house has looked like it's construction zone and it uh, got cleaned up today they finally finished so i'm feeling happy and I mean, all the all the nice things I said before, Lund, those are true for you too. But the nice thing I want to say about you is no one loves life. No one lives life quite like Ryan Lund. And that's a good thing. You are, <laughs> you're, you're up for anything. I asked, hey, Lund, maybe we could do a segment on petty grievances. He said, I don't have any, Ted. I'm not you. So that's he's got a nice rosy outlook on life. And I'm sure when I say, how's it going? You're going to have nothing but good things to say. That's a direct quote too. So thanks for getting it right. Yeah. Things are going good. Uh, uh, I don't have any kids, so I don't have a sick kid. Don't have any construction going on at my house, so I've been in good health. Ted's been in good yeah. health. I was able to hit up the tube park this week. Able to hang out at Gull Lake last weekend, and got a haircut today. So all things are uh, coming up Lund this week. Yeah, it sounds like it. And hey, we're we're on a roll already. So let's uh, let's roll into the Glad game. And and speaking of things coming up, Lund, here comes your first a longer ad read for you. So Lund, who is the the glad game brought to you by well i'm glad you asked ted because it's uh it's a great company in town here uh this edition of the glad game is brought to you by gourd smoke shop everything you need but the weed central alberta's cannabis accessory superstore whether you roll smoke dab or vape gourds is here to guide you to smoke and success Looking to reduce smell when indoors? Try a flower or concentrate vaporizer. No actual smoke equals no lingering smell. Wanting to conserve and make your stash last longer? Try a small pipe or one hitter. A small bowl can be more economical. Tokes feeling a bit harsh on the throat? A bong or water pipe runs the smoke through water, resulting in a cooler, smoother hit. No matter what your token problem, Gord Smoke Shop has a solution for you. Open 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Saturday. Shop gorgesmokeshop.ca 24-7. Canada-wide shipping, delivery in Red Deer, and pickup available. Wow. That was uh they, they gave you a big one there and you, you got through it. It was good. And yeah. I, I feel go. I feel like I just nailed every benefit 
to shopping at Gord's Smoke Shop. Don't act like you wrote it. Wow. But I did. I feel. I felt like I was there. Like I was like, hey man, is this a? Am I listening to a real commercial? Right I now? felt like yeah. I learned a lot with every single yeah. line I just read. And don't forget, mention Oh Dear, the Oh Dear podcast when you go in for that free gift from Gord's as well. I don't know how you feel like you're there, Ted, because do they have a robot in the store? Because all I could think about that whole time was some computer saying those words. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, a, like a super cool computer, Kev? No. I was thinking of like a really old IBM computer from like the 1980s was speaking <laughs> to me. That's wow. Oh, that's, wow. Well, you're going to have to do a longer one, the next long one we have, Walsh. So that's fine. Give it to hopefully me. Hopefully you can back it up. Yeah. Okay. See, see what happens when I'm nice is yeah. that everyone else gets meaner. Yeah. Like, would you rather three people being mean or, or just one? But- hey, I never said it was bad. I was laughing the whole time. I, I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> All these things. You sound robotic and I laughed at you. To me, that's not bad. Yeah, Lundy, you grinded your way through that like a truth fourth liner. <laughs> I hope you keep all the outtakes uh, from that because that was epic. <laughs> <laughs> so now we will give your, your lungs a rest, Lund, and, and Walter Dustin can kick off the glad game. I think plenty of things to be glad about, you know, since our last episode and, and one of them. To me, this is just insane. Um, 40 people um, got the okay from AHS to go for a Guinness record for the world's longest game, 256 hours. And not to their benefit, it ended up being minus 40 to 55 degrees Celsius with wind chills while they were doing this. So 40 of them. Um, I think we, we looked up that it was in six to eight hour shifts. So guys who go to the outdoor rink for an hour and complain about their feet getting cold. Could you imagine what these guys were going through? You know, some NHLers, lots of big names. I know a doctor in Sherwood Park or Edmonton was, you know, spearheaded this thing. And and I saw some pictures of Kyle Brodziak's feet and, and some of the other people's feet. And I can only imagine that they're going to be on the shelf for, you know, a number of weeks here after what they just went through for, I believe it's U- University of Alberta's cancer research. So crazy for them. Awesome accomplishment. They raised over $1.8 million for for that center and and uh, certainly something really to be glad about in our province. And I got a second one. I'm going to go for two again this week. And this time I'm not going to throw Walsh under the bus. Jeremy Spink, he's a local teacher here in Red Deer at the Eastview uh, Middle School. And he was nominated for the NHL, NHLPA Most Valuable Teacher Award for the month of February. So awesome accomplishment, accomplishment for Jeremy. Um, this, this episode should air here right before the end of the month. But, uh, you know, if he's, if he's a finalist out of the 20 across North America that were named, uh, his school will get a $10,000 grant for, for some of the education. So hope he can win it. I'm going to be a little lame, but I'm just really glad for the weather. Uh, not only for the construction to be done, but also of course with kids just trying to get out of the house and, and for myself as well, I was finally able to take the dog for a walk this week. Very thankful that, uh, the cold snap is over. I think we were all kind of expecting it a little bit because the winter's overall been pretty awesome and looking forward. Hopefully it's, you know, the next week is looking like it's above zero. So I'm probably being a fool in this, but I'm already starting to think about the golf course. Well, it's, it's not lame. I think we're all feeling that cold snap. I can imagine being cooped up in the house with, with kids. So I think that's a pretty good glad game that zero people will disagree with. Yeah, I think everyone's on on your, your team on that one, Kev. Yeah. 
Uh, mine's mine's pretty much similar to yours, Kev. I'm just glad about uh, us being in in phase one in Alberta and being able to reopen a lot of the businesses and uh, especially the restaurants. Uh, I know right now it's it's households only, but hopefully we're able to hit phase two pretty soon and uh, get more people out to to support local businesses and and the local restaurants. So I'm glad for that this week. Yeah, I was I was able to get to Bose on the weekend and man, it felt like forever, but. That's awesome to be able to support local again. And I'm going to go two for the glad game and I'm going to keep the nice train rolling. We, we haven't really done a glad game for each other lately. So I'm glad for you three guys. We're six episodes in. I threw you into this podcast. I throw a lot of information at you every time. I say, put your mic here, do this, do that. You guys are, are working on it. You're trying to get better every time, but you're fully bought into this. And I think uh, I think what you all bring bring to this too is, is why people enjoy it so much, right? You guys throw yourselves into it. You're all busy people. You've got kids, you got jobs, you guys, you guys are rolling with it and doing a great job. So, so I thank you guys for that. And one last thing, because I think it's worth noting, because I see this every day and I sometimes give Lund crap because maybe he doesn't shovel the driveway or whatever, but Lund is working away. He is the president of our Piper Creek Optimist Club this year, and he is putting a lot of effort in. He's coming in in an awkward spot. You just raised $5,000 doing the Super Bowl squares. Now you're trying to raise another 10 by doing a raffle. So I know uh, Dustin's been on the board. Walsh and I have both been president. So uh, just seeing that, I think it's worth noting that uh, you're you're doing a lot for this community and, and a lot for that club. So I think I need to say that out loud for a lot of people to hear. And uh, now I'm, I'm ready to burn some bridges the rest of this episode because I think I got all my niceness out. Yeah, you're you're really throwing me for a loop here. <laughs> As the best part of the Eminem song Stan would say, ditto to both those comments. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you talking about Dido? <laughs> yeah, Dido. Dido. <laughs> but it's ditto today. Yeah, yeah. So now that comment made no sense. Yeah, yeah, that that didn't really work. But again, you're trying and I appreciate I'm glad for your effort. <laughs> yeah, this has got sappy enough. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. uh, let's move on. So let's move on because we are gonna we're gonna move on now to our special guest, and and we do throw some shade at Dustin in this one. Um, and Dustin, who is this interview brought to us by? Yeah, awesome. This interview is brought to us by Louis Corvo of Warren Sinclair LLP, a Central Alberta law firm dedicated to helping all its clients achieve their business and personal goals. Learn more at warrensinclair.com. Lundy, that's how you do an ad read. First of all. <laughs> Second of all, Louie, he is an absolute beauty. I, I mean, I won't fault him for cheering for the Montreal Canadiens because he is from out east. But a funny story about Louie, I didn't know Louie and Louie didn't know me. But when I first got, went and got my will done at uh, Warren Sinclair, uh, Louie was articling there and he was... Uh, he was the runner getting all the paperwork changed when I screwed up my <laughs> wife's middle name. So <laughs> I appreciated Louie's work back then and I appreciate his friendship now. And uh, sorry, Louie, that, that we're attaching you to an interview with basically a member of the Edmonton Oilers. But I think as a hockey fan and just an all-around nice guy, he's going to be okay with it. So pretty big shift here in the world uh, of hockey and Red Deer. Long time play-by-play man for the Red Deer Rebels. Cam Moon just very recently got a job with the Edmonton Oilers doing play-by-play on the radio. So we caught up with him. It was a, a ton of fun and yeah, lots to talk about there. So here we go. So our next guest, if you ever listened to the Red Deer Rebels in 2006 and 2007, he's known for the phrases, and Dustin Moore is off to the penalty box. 
Stupid play by Dustin Moore, or that's the fourth press box hot dog I've seen Dustin Moore eat tonight. It is long time, now former Red Deer Rebels play-by-play man Cam Moon and the brand new radio play-by-play guy for the Edmonton Oilers. Really exciting for him. So Cam, I know you're a busy guy. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk to us and, you know, a, a little Red Deer Rebels reunion here with Dustin. I love it. I love it. Hey, thanks for having me on. And good to see uh, you're keeping Morrissey out of trouble. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I think COVID would take more credit for that yeah. than us, but we're, <laughs> we're trying our best. So as I just mentioned, a huge career transition for you and, and happened kind of fast. That is the ultimate pinnacle as a broadcaster. So take us through a bit the process and how that happened. I was minding my own business. Uh, it was the Thursday before the NHL season started, and it was going to start on the Wednesday, you know, six days before. And I'm walking my dogs. Uh, I get back to my place with the dogs. My phone rings, and it's uh, Brent Sutter. And Brent's like, hey, uh, Mooner, the uh, the Oilers called, and uh, they asked me permission to talk to you. I, it looks like they have an opening, uh, something with the radio broadcast. I'm like, all right, great. So they're going to give you a call. So I get the call about 10 minutes later, and they're like, hey, here's the situation. Jack Michaels is going to do all the regional television games. And when he's doing regional television, we're looking for somebody to do uh, the games on on the radio on 630 Chet, the Oilers radio network. And I'm like, oh, yeah. They're like, would you be interested? Yeah, I'd absolutely be interested. So that was on the Thursday. I did an interview on the Friday. I did another interview on the Saturday. They offered me the job on the Sunday. Monday, it got announced. And then the Tuesday morning, and Monday was just just a whirlwind gong show. And then Tuesday morning... I I took about 10 minutes to throw some clothes in my vehicle because I had to be at practice and practice was at 11 o'clock. So I had to leave, you know, fairly early. So I was out the door. I went straight to Roger's place. I watched practice, had an orientation. And then I called my first game two days later. So like it happened so fast. It was ridiculous. I can't tell you the emotion. I was overwhelmed. I grew up in Edmonton. That's where I played most of my minor hockey. That's that's where after I was done playing junior, that's where I went to school. I went to Nate. That's my hometown. And that's the team I grew up loving. So getting the opportunity to call games for the, the team that I love, like I could not believe my good fortune. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. That's, that's about a, pretty much what it was. My expectation level was high. It's exceeded that. I've had more fun than you could possibly imagine. And so 22 years in Red Deer and just like that, in, in a couple of days, you're off You're off to Edmonton. But let's talk about that because 22 years with the Red yeah. Deer Rebels, you never missed a single game. Walsh missed the very first episode of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That commitment is absolutely off the chart. So I don't think you can really condense it into a, a short couple of sentences, but just talk about your time in Red Deer with the Rebels, because that's another, when you talk about for broadcasters, getting being able to call the games in the WHL is amazing. So yeah. just talk about your time in Red Deer. Well, I, I was so excited uh, when I first came, for sure. I was doing games in the BC Hockey League. I did three years in Nanaimo with the Nanaimo Clippers before I got here. And I really wanted to do games in the WHL. And I wanted to do it in a city that I knew I would enjoy. And and I was very familiar with Red Deer because I used to work at the Sylvan Lake Goaltender School in the summer when I was playing junior. And they would put us up in Red Deer. So I had spent you know a fair bit of time in Red Deer uh, through various summers. So I was, it was nice because it was convenient. And it was it was very 
familiar. And it was close to Edmonton. And then what a run. I got hired by Wayne and Terry Simpson. And then after my first year, they sold the team to Brent Sutter. So Brent inherited me. And then the team went on that that amazing run. Uh, the 2001, they go to the Memorial Cup, they win the whole thing. In 02, the team goes to the WHL final, lost in the WHL final. In 03, they go to the final, lost in the final. In 04, they went to the Eastern Conference final. So you had four years where they went three rounds of playoffs or better. That's pretty good. You put that up against, you know, a lot of different junior programs and it's pretty good. So that was like, it was just magical. Those playoff runs and when the weather would get warm and the rinks would be full. And that was just, that was just such a blast. And all of it, like hosting the Memorial Cup in 2016, like that was, that was unbelievable. We had the whole hockey world uh, looking at Red Deer and seeing what kind of show that we can put on here. And it was that was pretty special. To, the Memorial Cup to me is really one of the best 12 days of hockey you can ever be around. And then you've got all the other things going on, like the fan fest stuff, uh, the you know, the, the hockey house uh, where you can go have a, a beer after the game and see some live music and stuff. Like there's so many things going on. It just makes it such a great event. And I, I thought everybody involved in Central Alberta did such a great job. So it's fun. The WHL is, is the greatest. Um, I wasn't looking to leave. I wasn't seeking that. I love calling games in the Western League. I love the everything about the WHL. The different towns you get to go to, the players that uh, you know you get to you get to see, you get to call, you name it. Everything about it is great. So I can't say nothing but good things about my time in Red Deer. Uh, yeah, speaking of the different places you get to go to uh, when you worked for the Rebels, did you have a favorite barn to go to? Like, what building was your your absolute favorite to, to go see? I don't know that I can nail this down to one. Like, that's really hard for me. But I'll give you a few. The Rink in Brandon, which used to be called the Keystone Center. I don't know what the hell they call it now. But anyway, it's been there forever. I absolutely love it. The broadcast location is amazing. And those guys, there's this like this popcorn stand right by where you go up to the press box <laughs> where they pop it fresh. <laughs> You can't do that. You can't do that. So the press box is like right over top of it. And it's just like, that's fresh popcorn. So there's, yeah. there's no way I can walk by that without getting some for pregame warmup. I drill the hell out of a box of that corn uh, during the warmup. So, but that because of the broadcast location, Regina is really good for broadcast location. So is Prince Albert for that matter. I enjoy calling games in all those ranks. Uh, the old one in Medicine Hat, my word, that might've been the yeah. best. <laughs> and and probably because of the Red Deer and Medicine Hat rivalry, that right. certainly had something to do with it. But the press box, the visitor radio was, was small. The view was great. The benches are across from each other. The place is absolutely jammed. The people make nothing but noise. They go absolutely crazy in there. You were kind of right downtown, down by the river, down by the ballpark. That screamed junior hockey. Like, And then they had all the old pictures in the lobby. And like you could really drink in the history that is the Medicine Hat Tigers. And I appreciate the history in all the rinks. To me, that's one of the lores of the WHL that just makes it so cool is the rich history. And Medicine Hat has very rich history. So Medicine Hat, right up there for me. There, there's none of them that are really bad, to tell you the truth. I mean, the 
The new one, and I say new, but it's, you know, it's probably been around for quite a while in Seattle where they play in Kent. The rink's great. Uh, visitor broadcast location's a little tough because they put you in the, because <laughs> they put you in the corner. Well, they just probably do that on purpose, eh? I guess. I don't know. For the first and third periods, it's okay because the visiting team is skating towards you and you know yeah. who your own guys are. But in the second period, when Seattle, a team that you only see once a year, when they're skating towards you, it's pretty tough because you can't read any numbers. So you're, <laughs> You're guessing a little bit as to who the players are, but the rink's really nice. They did a great job with it. Mooner, you've had a you've had a ton of of great experiences. You you might have left one out. I thought the 0607 when the last twenty year old rookie for the Rebels came into play. I thought I thought maybe that'd be one of your cool experiences, well, that, but I, I guess not. That's that's, that's fine. There. Yeah, that's, that's fine. But there. the Rebels have been in the news and and all over the media and and mm-hmm. Twitter here recently with their season about to start. I think right around where our episode's about to air. I just wanted to get your thoughts on on the cool and amazing work that they're doing to to make sure these kids are are safe and make sure they get some games going with uh, the setup there in the suites. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, with all the Alberta teams starting, I know that was a concern of all the teams. Like normally, the players would live with billet families, which has been happening since junior hockey began. But with the virus, and then you're putting players in with families. I don't know how comfortable the families would be. I don't know how comfortable the players would be given the way things are right now. At some point in the Rebels office, they're like in discussion with Westerner Park. We could just put them in the suites. Nobody's in the rink. They're not going to have any fans. There's, I don't know how many suites are in the building. There's got to be about 30 of them. So they moved a bed into each suite and each player's got his own suite. And while you guys know what the rink's like, the, the concourse is big and it's wide. So you can like cater the meals to the concourse. Let's be honest. Like, you know, a mini stick game is going to crop up <laughs> at some point. Like, did that's happening. <laughs> so like you can do a lot of different things and then they can put hockey games on the, on the video scoreboard. And I know at some point they're going to be like, okay, you know, enough's enough because you're going to be there for like three months. Like I know it will get old, but it is kind of a, it's kind of a cool situation. The rink, set up the way it is just lends itself to this so it'll work and the players will literally live in the rink uh there's no shortage of bathrooms they can work out in the dressing room you can do everything you need to do and never leave the barn so the the only unfortunate thing for all of those players is they won't be the first red deer rebel to sleep in one of those suites because i know in the last couple of years i've seen dustin moore have a couple quick naps in in some of those suites when we're there for rebels yeah so they won't be the first but they'll probably be set up a little better than he was for those yeah (laughs) Yeah. sleep pass out yeah whatever it's a fine line morthy it's a fine line there's no denial i heard no denial there none no i think we got some video evidence of that lying around somewhere so oh i bet (laughs) so mooner you uh you mentioned the memorial cup season and how special that was maybe just talk about a couple highlights that that really come to top of mind when you think about that season as a whole oh absolutely the stat that blows my mind about that year is from the middle of december on that team never lost two games in a row including the playoffs Like, that's pretty hard to do. That was impressive. And then you get to the Memorial Cup. They play Valdor in the final, but it went to overtime in the round robin against Valdor. Red Deer did themselves a big favor in winning the first two games. And the way the tournament had gone and the way the other games had gone, it gave the Rebels a bye to the final, regardless of how their third game went. So they they had the benefit of not playing in the semi and to kind of rest some guys. And even still, that final went to overtime against Valdor. It could have went either way. Valdor had a great team, but Red Deer was able to win, and uh, the party was on that summer in 2001. 
How do you how do you remember every one of these single games here? Like this is we're talking well, 20, 20 years ago. Those were big games. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. I, I remember where I was when Red Deer won the Memorial Cup. I was I was at the golf course and that and we were watching it on the TV there and it, the the whole golf course just went nuts. I'll, I'll never after, forget that. So that was an afternoon game, which leaves you a lot of time after the game. <laughs> so as you can imagine there was a lot to celebrate so the celebration was on and we had like a banquet room at the hotel in regina and that went very well (laughs) uh i remember because it was in regina like we could have flown and then got bussed around and i remember brent was like no we want our bus there we'll just bus there so we bust, we bust there. We didn't fly. So we took our bus. That's how we, because we were leaving days before anyway. Who cares? That means we were going to stay that night and come back to Red Deer the next morning. So we get on the Rebels bus to make the eight hour trip or whatever the heck it is back to Red Deer. And it was the most quiet bus you've ever been on, as you would imagine. <laughs> Very quiet because uh, there wasn't a lot of sleep. So the Memorial Cup is like just sitting in the aisle of the bus. So we get, we're coming through Kindersley and I think Brent just wanted a blizzard. So we stopped at DQ. (laughs) That's it. We're all getting blizzards. Get off the bus. So we bring the Memorial Cup. The players bring the Memorial Cup into the DQ. Well, the DQ manager thought this was the coolest thing in the world. He phones the local, the Kindersley howler or whatever the heck the local newspaper is. Guy shows up, like the mayor showed up. And it was, next thing you know, the Dairy Queen was full. We're taking pictures and that was kind of cool and then when we got to the rink uh there was a lot of people waiting for us in the parking lot it was amazing like to to see that team have the run that they did have the success that they did and 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 the way all of central alberta got behind it i mean that's what junior hockey is all about it was it was outstanding over your 22 years do you have a a favorite player or a person that you sticks out in your mind as maybe the most entertaining player that you've that you've called a game for or that on, you've... on the ice or off the ice uh let's let's say let's say on the ice that, that's oh, played for the that's played for the rebels like like maybe maybe not the most skilled but maybe the most entertaining where you knew this player was going to do something that night or uh, whether it be getting a fight or or score a hat yeah. trick or just or just pump up the crowd one way or the other. Jim Vandermeer was one of those guys. I always had so much respect for Jim because I remember where he was when he started to where he was when he left the Western League. It was an amazing, amazing journey for this guy. He went from being barely good enough to play in the league to about to be an NHL player. Like he came so far in four years, it was unbelievable. I thought he was going to break the Rebels all-time penalty minute uh, leader (laughs) because he had, in his first three years, had amassed quite a few. But in his 20-year-old year, year, nobody would fight him. So his (laughs) penalty minutes weren't very high. His last year, he didn't break the record because he he had very few takers because he did beat the wheels off quite a few dudes (laughs) when he was 19. And at 20, like, there weren't a lot of people lining up. And he was the consummate leader. If he said something, it's done. Jim, we need this done. It's done. He took control. So that for sure, because I had that respect for him and how hard he worked to get where he was. Colby Armstrong was always entertaining on and off, just such a character. You know, he was good on the ice and he would like get under the skin of the opposition because he has a sharp wit and, you know, would say whatever. 
uh, Cam Ward, one of the greatest guys ever. You know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, one of the nicest kids we've ever had come through here. And he was just this amazing hockey player that if you didn't know better, you just, you know, you just think he was a regular high school kid. Like he just, you know, he just, he, he just <laughs> went about his day. He hasn't aged a day. So yeah, there's been so many though, like, like Devin Franklin. I still talk with Devin Franklin. Like he's, <laughs> such a good guy and and lives here Dearman Kelly still lives here and you know like those guys that came through here and and played and still live around the area and there's been so many though I honestly I could go on and on and on about uh, good guys uh, that have come through here you know some that you, you don't even hardly get to know and then some that you, as soon as you talk to him you're like okay yeah got a bit of a connection with him I mean, Justin Taylor was like that when he came to Red Deer as a 20 year old and he grew up in the same part of town of, of Edmonton as me, Alex Petrovic did too. So we had that instant connection from, from that part of town, but that's the thing, the, the relationships and, and, and the players you meet, that's part of what makes the WHL so good. When Dustin's probably just sitting there thinking how many times you pronounced his name wrong when you were listing off all those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a cool one too. I think the fact that still, however many years later, he can just text you and you come on it and do this interview with with us, which I think is cool. So see, I remember when Morrissey was like this phenom minor hockey player, um, <laughs> and and everybody's talking about Dustin Moore. So I I was like, I gotta go watch this guy play. So I did, and Morrissey, you were pretty good. And I know we tried to get you here we didn't get you till you're 20 but it was good that we did because we really needed you it would have been nice if we would have got you a year or two earlier i'm thinking but um yeah like that that was pretty cool and, and what i liked about that is hey, you're the hometown guy you know you grew up going to games and stuff that's cool too when when that happens because it doesn't happen a lot when you think about it with a whl draft you know, you have a one in 22 shot of getting the local guy, you know, yeah. you might get him, but you might not. Like, it's just, it's a bit of a luck of the draw. So it is cool when you get the guy that grew up here and, and loved the team when he was a kid and rocked it as a 20. And, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Scored some nice goals. And yeah. Well, Mooner, you, Mooner, you talk about the hometown touch and, you know, any hockey fans that listen to this podcast are, are going to be pretty jealous people along with Kev and, and Ryan and myself that. But, uh, you know, you're the new local hometown guy for the best league in the entire world. Like you, you've made it, you've made the NHL and, and you're at the top of your job like that. That's an amazing feat. And I think a, another thing people are pretty jealous of and, and me included is, is you just getting to see these kids go from 16 to 20 years old and, and develop into NHL and, and even just the ones who, who get careers out of it, but maybe touch on the most skilled, not, not a red deer rebel, but maybe the most skilled player in the WHL in your 22 years that you got to call that uh, maybe he's now an NHL or that people will know? Well, Nugent Hopkins, Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be right up there. You could tell right from the get-go. He was the first overall Bantam pick in his year. So, okay, you know he's going to be good. But when we brought him up at 15 and he played some games, and you're like, oh my God. He could have played the whole year at 15 and wouldn't have looked out of place because his skill level was so high. But he wasn't very big or heavy at that time. <laughs> and he still isn't really that heavy. But yeah, his skill level was through the roof. And that's why he went first overall in the NHL draft too. Uh, but other guys that uh, we've seen come through here, uh, certainly Morgan Riley, uh, a little more uh, of a, a recent vintage. Yeah, he was right up there uh, in goal. I and mean, Carey Price, uh, you could tell right away he was a pro. 
Same thing with Cam Ward. Uh, those were guys that at 17 years old looked like pros. And there's not a lot of goalies that do that. Uh, those guys definitely stand out as well. Leon Dreisaitl, I guess, too, to some degree. Matt Dumba is a guy that, that really stood out. You knew he was going to be an NHL or basically the second year he was here in Red Deer. Just the, the way he competed, the way he could skate the way he could hit for a guy that really isn't that big, but he's strong. And you could tell like his, his skill level was so high. And there, there are some players who just aren't as skilled. And so they, they want to fight, you know, they got to do a little bit. And I think, I know Dustin Moore had a little bit of everything. And just to test your memory, I know you only got like 50 games of Dustin Moore. And we all know he was minus one that whole year somehow playing on a line <laughs> with some future NHLers. But what do you remember about Dustin as a hockey player? <laughs> Well, you did touch on it because he could do a little bit of everything. He could play physical. He could drop the mitts. But because he had the experience he had in junior A, you know, when he came to us, like he's ready to go. And again, like I said, it would have been great to have him a year or two earlier for sure. But Dustin could play. And I saw that when he was in Bantam uh, that he could play. So yeah, that's, there was, it was an all round player. Somehow minus one. I don't know. Maybe the, the st statisticians across the league somehow messed those up because that seems like it's a little bit off. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here running a basement podcast, and I think <laughs> I think uh, my memory's not as good as yours, Cam. But I think we had six NHLers from that year: uh, Brandon Sutter, Marty Hansel, Kirill Starkov, Jordan Henry, James Reimer. Am I at six yet? Five. I think it's five. Five. That's pretty uh, I good. Be, I might be missing one. And, You're probably and just including so, like, your, yourself in that list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh no, I forgot Cam Moon. There's oh, my sixth yeah, one. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> But Dustin, so Dustin did brush up against some future NHLers. And I know one, this is a, the story Dustin has told it to us. It's one of my favorite Dustin stories. Uh, he, he came up against a player named Dale Weiss. And we actually we have a little surprise for you. I want to see if, if you remember this. Dustin actually yeah. dug up a, a little bit of a clip. So we'll, we'll see if you remember this here. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, this is, I think, a different. There's Bob Ridley, the legend. Yeah. Oh, the old rink. That, that rink was awesome. The best. I remember Brent getting beers poured on his head. Yep. In the playoffs <laughs> by who? By, by a fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Full tailgate parties. So first we'll we'll watch and enjoy, and Cam, you get to listen to yourself here. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Dustin Moore is going to go at it with Dale Weiss. They got the gloves off and the helmets off. And we're going to go at it in the swift current zone. They hook up. Weiss gets in a quick right. Gets in a couple more. Now Moore is trying to get set up. Throws one. Weiss and Moore. Oh, there's a good one by Moore as he gets one through. Weiss now throws a couple of laps. Oh, no. And now we've got elbow pads flying off. Hey, you're staying on your skates. Now Moore's got the right free. <laughs> And tries to get one over the top. The two of them will wrestle each other down to the ice. Not bad at all. Dale Weiss. <laughs> Mooner was pretty nice to me in the announcing and the play-by-play. -play, I'll tell you that much. Oh, hey, yeah. the, hey, the home team guy never loses a fight on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, yeah. I remember that so hilariously because uh, Dale, like he was a tough guy and he could oh, score yeah. too. And and he yeah. was he was bugging Marty Hansel all game, and he had, he had done something the shift before. And I remember me and Brett Sutter and Ted Vandermeer, we all had a little bit of sandpaper, and we looked at each other and said, "Okay, who's fighting that guy? He's six three and whatever he was, two ten, and we were just little guys." And I lined. Oh, we lost Mooner, I think. Okay, now I'm back. <laughs> and. uh I line, I just happened to line up against him. And as soon as I asked him, he's like, yeah, let's go. And I remember after the fight was over, I go in the dressing room and both my eyes were swollen shut and Raiders <laughs> got two, got two ice bags on my face. And, and Brent comes in and goes, attaboy, Morsey, where to take care of Weiss? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think Cam just, just turned his video off there to give you a, let you relive what you were seeing after fighting Dale Weiss, which was nothing. <laughs> yeah. That was gold. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, you know what? That team was pretty good. We lost in seven to the Tigers. That was an unbelievable series. I actually thought we were going to win that game seven going into it, but that was a good series that year. Yeah, that rink though, hey, like my word. In the playoffs, <laughs> nothing better. Like nothing yeah. better oh. than that. It is the definition of a barn. And I know I actually got to intern there under Bob Ridley. Like I think the year, the last year they were in it. And it's hilarious too, because I was up there with Bob Ridley, pretty nice press box. They have you guys, the visiting team. Like it's basically the size of Barbie's dream house yes. that, that you guys yes. are broadcasting <laughs> in too, right? And it's like tight. Dustin said, they, they it is not set up for the visiting team at all. No, not at all. What about the, the Centrium? Does the Centrium have a nice place for the visiting team's broadcasters? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah? yeah, it's very nice. Okay. Huh. So just the, the other WHL teams that, that kind wow. of screw you over. There's, <laughs> there's rink, some rinks. The yeah. rink was built in 1970. So, I mean, it's not really set up for, you yeah. know what I mean? It was tight up there. There wasn't a ton of room because the press box wasn't big. But the view yeah. was perfect. The location was great. Just it wasn't very, wasn't large. There's a, a lot of rink. The Olds Grizzlies, their rink. You don't talk junior A. The visiting team, you're you're standing in the stands. You got your stuff plugged into the yep. wall and you're standing in the yep. stands. And I was there. Cam, you know Gino DePali, the Okotoks yep. Oilers. Yep. And I know we were doing a playoff game there and we're standing in the stands and I fell off and took our whole setup with us <laughs> and we missed half the game because we were off the air. So so yeah, that's that's about as glamorous as it got for me in my broadcast. <laughs> Casting days, but yeah, the I think that's where the best stories come from, right? And and injuries. So yeah, I agree. So Mooner, I'm very interested in your job, and yeah. uh, and and obviously it's changed a little bit. But if you think back to the WHL days, like how many hours a day are you spending on game days, kind of just prepping and looking at stats and all that stuff? Well, a game day, so like a regular game day at home is a 12 hour day. From the time I got going. I would have to stop at the radio station, do the Rebels report and get there about 8.15-ish. By the time I got that done, I could get to the rink at about 9. At 9, I'm putting together the game note packages. So I should have information sent to me from the other teams. If they played the night before, it should be sent to me after the game. So it should come at about midnight-ish. It should be there when I get there. Uh, if they haven't played the, the night before, then I've already got it. So I put together the game note packages of which I've compiled that information the day previous. Or if We've played the night before. I've done it after the game. Uh, once I get those things going, I would go set up the press box. Uh, the players would show up for either a morning skate or a morning workout. 
I would get all my interviews done in the morning because I don't like bugging people before the game if I can avoid it. I would talk to uh, a Rebels coach for the pregame show in the morning. If the other team was already here, like on a road trip, I would talk to the other team's coach in the morning. If it was just a there and back, like Alberta team, then I would have to wait till they get to the rink later. But I'd like to get everything done earlier if I can, because I know how it is from the hockey point of view. The less distractions before the game, the better. So I like to get stuff done in the morning. By the time, I, then I'd have to edit some audio. Quite honestly, the prep work for that opposition that night is done days previous. Because the game day, I got a lot of things going on. I don't have a ton of time for that. I would go home for lunch. I'd come back in the early afternoon afternoon, I would then watch video of the team that we we're playing their last game, going over the, all the prep work that I had done days previous, but I would help burn names and numbers into my head watching video. So that was like uh, really handy once that became available to me. So I'd watch a period or two. If they were a team from out West that we don't see as much, I would watch more. Then I'd have to record the thing for the video scoreboard at about four o'clock-ish. And then by 4.30, I would go downstairs, set up the media room, get ready for the... Uh, I would help out the off-ice officials. So I would greet the visiting team when they show up. I would get their starters and their scratches and their line combinations. Then I would get that information from the Rebels coaches. I would take it to the office, get all the printouts needed to be printed out, take stuff to the media room, then head upstairs to get ready for the post-game show or the pre-game show. So then it's, then it's go, it's broadcast time. And then when the game's over, if we're playing the next night, I got to update the notes and stats after the game. So I would do that in my office. Usually put it, I'd put a West Coast Western League radio broadcast on. So like if Kamloops or Vancouver or Kelowna were playing or one of the American teams, didn't matter. I'd put a game on so I could listen to that while I was updating stuff. So like on a regular game day, I would leave the rink at about... 11 11 30 ish to go home so it's it's a long day the home games are the road games are actually a little bit easier because you're somebody else is putting together all the other stuff so you could worry more about the broadcast at home you had to make sure that you did your prep your broadcast prep the day before or the day before that like you have to be on top of that because if you just leave it till game day you're doing so many other things you're not going to put in the proper work and then you're not going to know what you're talking about and there's no way you should be going on the air if you don't know what you're talking about so that kind of stuff has to get done so you have to find you got to find time for it and you got to find what works for you so that you you know it i found though that because i'm doing the notes and the stats and and all that kind of stuff especially from the red deer stuff that's all getting burned into my head i'm not even looking at sheets because you just know because you're doing it all the time you're putting in the extra work with the opposition so that you knew a lot about them too and i guess we didn't note off the top but with the rebels too you were their director of communications so you had a lot more to do than just yeah. be on the air and yeah it's it's a craft you know all that work goes into it my prep was printing off some stats sheets and having a hot dog so i mean that's yeah. why that's why i'm sitting here and you're you're calling games for the edmonton oilers i think we should write that down don't go on the air if you don't know what you're talking about because yeah, we yeah. have not followed that yet <laughs> uh, well mooner's been doing this for 22 yeah. plus years we've been doing this for 22 days yeah so yeah. he's got a few a few extra practice and, attempts and on under the his list belt. Don't fight Dale Weiss. Put that on there too. <laughs> yeah, Mooner, we'll we'll let we'll let you get going here soon. But we got to switch to the big club because there is three super sure. fans sitting downstairs, and you know the Oilers. I think you would know better than me, but I think have won six of seven here as we sit yeah. here on on uh, February twelfth. And uh, McDavid and Drysital won two in the league scoring. Uh, just touch on your your first, I guess. How many games in are they? 15, 14, 14 games as, as you move forward in your career here. 
Well, it definitely looked uh, when they first started like there was no preseason and a short training camp, which there was no preseason and there was a short training camp. (laughs) It was the same for all the teams, but it looked to me like some teams got up to speed quicker than others. Now that Mike Smith is healthy and playing and both those guys can share the workload, that makes them both better goaltenders. The defense is scoring a ton of goals, which is great, but they're playing way better in their own end, which I think is a byproduct of just getting games under their belts. Everybody knows that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are two of the best players in the world. So that comes as no shock. And they've been really good. But now they're starting to see some production from the other two lines. And that's helping a lot. It makes me really optimistic as to what this team can do. Like at this point, at the time that we're recording this... Toronto looks like they're the number one team in in the north. Well, the Oilers are two and two against them. So they've played well and then and they've they've competed with those guys. And that's good to see. So it, it gives me optimism. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I love I love watching these guys play. Yeah, I went to so many games as a kid growing up, going to Northlands. I grew up maybe about 15 minutes from that rink. So it is pretty special. But this team is uh they can compete and compete with with any of them. And we expected Toronto would be good. I think a lot of people expected Calgary to be pretty good, and they are. Uh, and they're going to be, you know, right in the mix as well, I think. So I, that's what makes the Battle of Alberta games so exciting moving forward that they're going to mean a lot. And I think that'll be a lot of fun too. Uh, Mooner, how do you think the uh, the Canadian teams that come out of this division are going to do at the end of the year against the other divisions? Well, is, there a shot, is there a shot this year of a Canadian club taking home the cup? I don't know why there wouldn't be. I would think so. I mean, whichever team comes out of this division is, is going to have as good a chance as any of getting to the Stanley Cup final. And then once you get there, I mean, you got a shot. So I think it's doable. I really, really like this Canadian division. You know, maybe we don't do this all the time, but it sure is fun doing it now. Because even when like when the Oilers aren't playing and I see uh, Winnipeg versus Vancouver, I'm like, I'm totally invested. Like, I'm re- I'm going to watch this. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just absolutely into it. I think it's, it's a lot of fun. The television numbers are reflecting that uh, there's a lot of people in Canada that think the exact same thing as I do uh, because the numbers have been crazy good. And yeah, I, I just think this is a lot of fun. Now, playoff time is going to be unbelievable. Maybe we could get us a, a battle of Alberta in the playoffs because I thought before everything got shut down that we had a decent shot of it happening last season. So I felt like we, we kind of got hooped on that a little bit. All right. So last question, I guess, before we wrap up, yeah. because you grew up in Edmonton. Now you're calling games for the Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, when you're in the WHL, a lot of a lot of guys, that is an amazing place to be. And were you looking like if the Florida Panthers had come calling or, you know, one of those teams, would you have considered to making that move into the NHL? Or is it because it's Edmonton, it's still, it's just a, an hour and a half move away and it's back to your hometown. Like, were you always looking for that NHL gig or is this just, the absolute like best case scenario for you? It is best case scenario. I was not looking to leave Red Deer. This sort of found me, but this would be my first choice. If I had a list of all the teams and they somebody said, Cam, you can call the games for whichever team. And this is and this isn't even like this is the absolute truth. It would be number one. My wife and I bought a place in Edmonton a couple of years ago. I spend a fair bit of time there in the summer before this even happened. So yeah, it's home. That's, that's where all my buddies are, the guys I grew up with and stuff. And I love going there. I like going to football games in the summer. 
I like doing all that kind of stuff. I like hanging out on White Ave. I like all that. So yeah, this is number one. The fact that it came about is really good fortune. And I'm blessed and I'm I'm happy that, that it happened because this is exactly where I want to be. So it's nice to to be able to come home. I loved Red Deer. I had so much fun there and loved the job, loved working with, for Brent and Connie Sutter and everybody that I worked with. It was awesome. And I'm just, I, I'm lucky. And if I had just stayed there, I'd absolutely cool with that too. So this is unbelievable. So I, yeah, if it's a dream, I don't want to wake up. It's awesome to hear, uh, you know, that it's exceeded your expectations, especially in a COVID year when it's definitely not normal. Um, I think we should check in with you in another year when hopefully things are back to normal. And uh, you've been to the Bell Centre and all the historic arenas around oh. the league and get some insights there. I'm sure you're, yeah. you're itching to visit some of those places. I can't wait. Uh, I mean, you know what? I'm actually kind of thankful that I'm a little farther along in life when this has happened because I don't know that if uh, you're like getting the 23 year old me to downtown Montreal on a Saturday, but that's a great idea. Oh, it's always time to turn back the clock. You say you haven't been downtown Montreal yet. That's why you say that. Yeah. Oh no, I've been there a few times. I just not for hockey. So yeah, it's um, it, it's I I can't wait till there's actual people in rinks and and broadcasters in rinks too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, we'll let you go. We know you're a busy guy, but thank you for doing this. And again, really cool to see you. You know, you put so much time and effort into the Red Deer Rebels and the hockey community and the Red Deer community. So a big void in that press box, but I'm also excited to see now the next person that comes in and and is going to have all those opportunities. So I know you you leave a huge hole in the Red Deer community, but amazing to see someone go from Red Deer and and live their dream. So we wish you nothing but the best of luck and I can't wait uh, to see how your career with the Oilers grows. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. This has been great. Tune in to 630 Chad to hear old Cam. That's right. <laughs> Fire it up. Put it on. 630 Chad, we'll send you an invoice for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 500 bucks. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Mooner. Thanks, Mooner. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Okay. We'll talk to you. And a huge thank you again to Cam Moon for taking the time. A pretty long interview, actually. That was only part of the interview, what you heard on the podcast. So if you want the full thing, you can go to YouTube. I mean, guys, he he talks a lot of hockey and talking to a broadcaster and they, they remember things like specific things about games. So there's a lot more to that interview that we really suggest you, you go in and listen to because we can't fit the whole hour in here, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And what a, what a nice guy uh, taking the time out of his busy schedule. I'm sure he would have talked for a few more hours if we had asked him to, but I think we decided to let him go after what an hour and a half of of <laughs> uh, picking his brain and and figuring out what uh, what was going on in his life. So, longtime community supporter too. So, all the best uh, to Cam moving forward. I just think it's crazy his memory. Like his memory to me is just absolutely outstanding. It's what do they call it? An eidetic, eidetic memory. Eidetic, like eidetic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like he. I would for you. I would just say photographic next time, but photographic. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's crazy though. It's uh like he he was remembering 2001 series of of how many games they lasted. Like he was going crazy. through he was going through individual games from 2001 and naming individual players and and not just the stars but like whole lines from 2001 which was which was amazing. Yeah, so yeah, head to our YouTube page and and see that memory at its finest cuz it yeah, it is pretty crazy. And 
of course, now with, with Cam Moon moving on, a, a big opportunity opens up. And so congratulations are in order for another huge part of this community, Troy Gillard, um, at least for this 24-game season uh, that's going to kick off. Probably will kick off, I think, right around the same time this this episode airs. But Troy Gillard is going to be the interim play-by-play guy for the Rebels, which is awesome. A big opportunity for him because he's been hosting the games on the radio for a very long time. So a great guy in the community. He does a lot for us too. So congratulations, Troy. I think that's, uh, that's pretty cool to see someone local get that opportunity. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, shout out to Troy. He's an awesome guy. Uh, I know you guys know him a little bit better, but I know through our Optimus Club in the past, we've put on some fundraiser events and and he's always up, stepped up to the plate to host for us and does an awesome job and doesn't ask for anything in return. Except strangely, every time we have a beer before the event, he always asks for a Dustin Moore Rebels jersey. So, Oh, he's got it now. We we did it. That was the worst oh, that's money right. we've ever yeah. spent on anything. We, we took it to the Rebels office and we said, hey, we want like Dustin Moore's name and number on there. And they looked at us like, okay, but like, actually, what do you want on on this they couldn't believe it <laughs> hey those things are worth a lot of money i think there's three in existence so there's not a lot of them <laughs> they're worth what a jersey costs yeah <laughs> yours is the only jersey that's ever lost value by getting a signature on it so <laughs> yeah it's just a giant x on the jersey <laughs> the d is backwards and yeah it's a it's a it's a hot mess so yeah congratulations troy and brand new baby too him and his wife just had their their second baby not that long ago too so we might as well throw that in while i'm still in in such a nice mood. Why am I in such a good mood? Well, once again, door tender delivered. Uh, we've got some red heart here tonight. So we did our O beer. As always, you can you can go to YouTube, check out O beer, and uh, this time we're featuring red heart. And you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, what's everyone drinking tonight? Yeah, Teddy. You know, huge shout outs to door tender. I've I've used them a lot. I my wife asked me how many times I've used this app already, and it was kind of a oh. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I really appreciate them uh, keeping my fridge stocked. And I'm having the American Pale Ale from Red Heart, and it's got a red deer right on the on the label, which is awesome. I think it fits in well with our podcast and and the old deer theme. So it's a good beer. It's uh, 30 international bitter units, and I would have it again. I'm drinking the traditional English ale, a bit of a darker beer. I'd maybe call it an amber beer. Uh, not normally a darker beer guy. I really like my light beers and IPAs and that sort of thing. I uh, find this one really smooth, easy drinking. And uh, as long as it's in the can and I, I don't know it's dark, I think I could have a lot of them. Yeah, well said. I, uh, I'm i drinking both. <laughs> and uh, I agree with what those uh, gentlemen said ahead of me. Uh, I do like the uh, traditional English pale ale a little bit better, which is a bit surprising because it's a bit darker, but it just uh, goes down like butter. So if you like a smooth beer, that beer is for you. Maybe it's because you had two right before this why you had so much trouble with that ad read, but... <laughs> so I am... I am drinking the Red Heart, obviously, coffee milk stout. Uh, it's a, a really good one. Again, I think we established last time. I am the dark beer guy out of the four of us. It's one of my favorite milk stouts. I know you kind of hear the word milk and it, it, you it might think it's like a, a creamy beer or something like that, but that's not the case. Uh, really good and highly recommend. And as always, uh, if you order it, if you haven't used the code yet, use ODEER, D-E-E-R for $5 off. And uh, we're going to talk about some more fun stuff here. We now have our second tourism Red Deer spotlight to explore red deer's backyard and to uh, rediscover red deer 
that's that's also a thing. But uh, we got to do something pretty fun yesterday. Unfortunately, the guy who planned it all for us, Dustin, you know, had a sick kid, couldn't come. But we got his stunt double in there. And so thank you to the athlete, Kevin Strybosch, for coming. But we went to the, the can, new Canyon Tube Park down at Canyon Ski Hill. Um, again, you want to talk about exploring Red Deer's backyard. I was there at the old tube park like almost five years ago. And it almost feels silly not having been since because, you know, we went and you go for two hours and, and it was we had a great time. I had a I had a blast. I mean, that's I'm ashamed to say it, but that's probably the first time I've been to to Canyon in about 15 years, and I only live 10 10 minutes away. But yeah, no, that was a, that was a blast, even for somebody in their 30s going down a giant hill on the tube. It brings back a lot of memories to when you were a kid. Yeah, I, I had my six year old daughter with us, and uh, she had been once earlier this year for the first time. So the first time she went, she was pretty scared. She went with her mom. Obviously, ended up going down the hill and had a great time that night. So she was super pumped to go back. It's so exhilarating, and I think there's that little bit of fear because I'm sure Ted, I think you might have had a little bit of fear going down, but that's also what makes it fun. No, no, no. I had a lot. <laughs> I had a ton. I was I was fearful not only for my own safety, but the first time we went down, we went down in a group of six and. Brooke was in the front and we're going, we're going fast. And like, man, if she gets away from us or something, we're going to steamroll her. So I, I was terrified for a couple of different reasons, but yeah, you get, you get absolutely cooking on that hill. Kev, if she, if she had fear, she certainly didn't show it. Like she was, she was gung ho to lead us down that hill. So that was like, I didn't know what to expect, but she was just ready to go. As soon as we got to the top there, she wanted to go down right away and, and good for her. Now we're just trying to talk her and get into the going up the chairlift for skiing because right now we're stuck on the t-bar so speaking about canyon for skiing like shameful on me again like with lundy before i haven't been to canyon in 20 years you know it was you know maybe more 30 years you know it's back in the day you were you weren't really allowed to ski if you were playing elite hockey because you didn't want to get hurt and haven't really you were playing elite hockey at, at 30 at five years old oh yeah <laughs> Dustin okay. was always elite. Yeah. Dynamite AAA, baby. Remember, he, just like Mooner said, he was a superstar minor hockey player. Yeah. And it was yeah, all he got that one from there. He, he got that one wrong. It took for me to yeah. break my leg to change my skating stride. But anyways, <laughs> forget that. Canyon, like I remember going there in school. So yeah, maybe not five, but 10. And the lemon drop is the, do you guys know, is the lemon drop still there? I don't know. It was so scary when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, that yeah, was the I, most I terrifying part of Canyon. <laughs> the lemon drop is the, almost too kind of a name for that drop too. It should yeah. have been called oh, like the death the drop. Death, de- yeah, the death cliff <laughs> yeah, that was, or something. That's, that's great marketing for Canyon. <laughs> sure. That's why you don't work in their marketing department. The thing about Canyon and I haven't, I mean, I haven't skied since I was like 17 years old, but I think it's so awesome that, yeah, it's a hill. Obviously we're spoiled by the mountains not being too far away, but there is a ski hill in central Alberta where you can go spend a day, half a day. You can learn to ski. Even if you're really good, you can just go for half a day. You don't have to put the time into the drive and hit a couple runs and, and just stay sharp, right? Especially right now when, when there's not a ton to do. It's a great way to get outside. So again, and doing this and doing this stuff with Tourism Red Deer and their whole social media team. I think that's the point is, hey, these are all here. We forget they're they're here. And I would definitely go back too big, right? Like there was mostly families there. Kids were off school this week. So it was it was busy. It was it was packed and appreciated too. Like no matter even though you're outside, you have to wear a mask there too. 
everywhere you go. So safety still top of mind, but it was awesome. And I think you could go back. They have like a tube and dine you can do like a, a date night type of thing. You can't quote me on the exact price, but um, they're open Thursday, Friday nights under the lights. So you can go with a bunch of friends, you know, in your thirties and go have fun. And and like Walsh said, it's I think it's a, an awesome family outing. And you think two hours isn't enough. I know I tried to walk up as much as I could instead of take the, they do have a tow rope, by the way, important to note. So you don't have to walk up, but man, that's, that's a good two hours. Yeah, I know for I know for me two hours is <laughs> two hours is probably the max that you want to go, but uh, it it, fly, it flies by. And I know I looked down at my watch and I had an appointment I had to get to, so I had to kind of run out of there. But I didn't realize how how quickly the time went just because I was having so much fun. Well, and I think it's important to mention too. There's you know we talked about skiing and tubing, and they and they changed their tooth park just recently to being at the top of the hill. But at the bottom of the hill, the skiing and and you can also have corporate meetings once we're able to. And, and weddings as well and banquets down at the is it called a ski lounge chalet Hall? whatever valet chalet <laughs> huh chalet yes, this, it's it's called the chalet. ski valet yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> boys boys i'm tired i'm tired the chalet i've been to a couple weddings at the chalet it's it's a good time like swiss chalet but yeah there's but without no chick- the chicken. Well, there might be chicken there. But, <laughs> no, uh, I think well, they have chicken there. Well, depends sure they yeah. chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's a great time. So thank you to Canyon for having us out. And thank you to Ryan and Riley. So the, the sound and video guys from Bose came out to help us make a video for this. So you can kind of see our experience. And uh, yeah, I think that was fun too. They they came out, you know, for them to take the time. They got a few runs in too. And they captured some pretty fun moments. That's a couple I'm kind of nervous to see if it, if it makes it on the video or not. <laughs> there is uh, like just with how busy it was was out there and how many kids kids out there there was a ton of kids that wanted to be on video when they saw them filming us and i don't know i don't know if they got any clips or or whatnot but <laughs> i know there's quite a few kids that wanted to be on youtube yeah and and, and 12 year old kids don't get my humor there's one guy who go to paul like well he, he better not be listening to this but you know paul because he said he said hey is this going to be on youtube and because i'm me and i think i'm freaking hilarious i said yes this is my tube and he goes oh no 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 YouTube. I said, yes, it's my tube. And it went on and finally, he's like getting a little frustrated as a 12 year old kid. And I go, yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be on YouTube. I'm just kidding. And he said, well, what's it called? I said, it's called YouTube. And this 12 year old kid looks at me and goes, look, buddy, just tell me if I can watch this video or not so I can get on with my day. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I can so, definitely relate to that 12 year old kid. Yeah. So many times I just want to look at you and say, look, buddy, just get to your point. Yeah. So, but so thank you Walsh for bringing your daughter. So we weren't just a bunch of bros tubing, but uh, no, it was a lot of fun and looking, looking forward to seeing the video. So again, uh, Canyon Ski Hill, whether you're, you're learning to ski or snowboard, you're an avid snowboarder, you're going tubing. Yeah. Just seconds outside of Red Deer, really close for me in London. Yeah. Highly recommend that. And a big thanks to Tourism Red Deer for setting that up and to Canyon Ski Hill for, for having us out. So yeah, stay tuned for, for that video too. And of course, as the Explore Red Deer's Backyard campaign goes on, make sure you're following them um, and all our social team members as well uh, to keep finding out great stuff to do. I know I keep seeing it too, and it's places I've been, but maybe something you haven't been for a while or you forget it's there. So uh, lots of great options, and and with this warm weather, there's going to be a lot more to do. So now we're going to move into a bit of real talk. 
we, we've had some fun. You know, I think every now and then we, we need to get a little real. We all are grown-ups, at least on the outside. And uh, something's happened in Red Deer recently. It's been in the news. And I know it, it's, uh, I won't speak for anyone else. It, it's affected me a, a little bit, not personally, but it, it's just, uh, you know, a little concerning. And who knows, by the time this airs, you know, things things could change. But the fact that I think it happened is something to talk about. And it is uh, with Red Deer Public Schools. I think we all know there was the proposal in June to have a Pride Week in schools to kind of observe, observe it nationally. Um, it was brought up by one school board trustee and it ended up getting voted down four to two in favor of a diversity week. So we know there, there's been lots in the news about that. And we won't talk too much about that situation because we're, we weren't there. We don't know. Um, but we do want to talk about it because it, it was very upsetting to the LGBTQ2S plus community. Don't want to talk too much about that situation specifically, but it, it is disappointing to see and whatever the, the reasons were, right? That's why that stigma is there. You know, I'm not going to be a guy who pretends to know what, you know, pe- members of that community are going through with this stuff. But I just think that the three words that come to mind when this stuff gets brought up is inclusion, acceptance, and education. And, you know, I have a 20 month old daughter those things are going to be front of mind for me when I'm raising her to make sure that, you know, she's aware of everything that's going on and and she's aware of, you know, all the different diverse things that are out there and whether it be race or, you know, sexual orientation, you have to educate and pride week to me, um, you know, if it was voted in favor would be one of those things where parents can use as a jumping off point to use with their kids on educating them and, and educating them with acceptance and inclusion. So a little disappointing from my end. And like I said, I'm not one to know what anyone's going through, but I was hoping for this to be in favor so that those involved could, could celebrate publicly um, their diversity. And I know it sounds weird. We've got four white, straight, privileged males sitting here talking about this, but I know, you know, someone in Brian Burke, who's a huge advocate, right, for to eradicate homophobia from hockey. One thing he said is it takes the strength of everyone and that includes the non-members. And so again, we, we don't fully know this and, you know, I don't have kids in school too. And, you know, I took a dangerous dive down the Facebook comments on, on some of these stories. And so I don't want to get too much into, into this particular because, you know, parents have the right to their own, their own opinions and, and, you know, they're on both sides of the argument, but even to see some people say, well, I don't want to have to explain this to, to my seven-year-old child. Again, I don't have a seven-year-old, I don't have a kid, but to me, that's where it needs to start. And yeah, it is an uncomfortable conversation, but honestly, I think, I don't know if I was seven, but I, my parents had those conversations with me when, when I was that young and it was probably very uncomfortable for them, but but that's where it starts because at the end of the day, it's it's crazy how hard human beings have to fight for the rights just because, we're not even going to say because they're different, but because people view them as different. It, it, it actually, it bothers me a lot. Yeah, Ted, I, I'm with you. I'm. This actually really pisses me off. Um, hits a little bit close to home. I have a really close family member who's gay and uh, I actually have a nephew that was born as my niece. Just, you know, seeing secondhand some of the struggles and, and issues that they've dealt with over the years and to think that it's 2021, we still can't accept this as, as a society is disappointing, I think, to say the least. And I would hope that we'd be better by now. And and all we can do is keep talking about it and bringing it up and talking about how important it is. And I hope that things change because uh, they should have already. So And yeah, Ted, I'm like you, obviously, with, with, with no kids in school, no kids period right now. And I'm just thinking maybe maybe it is so hard talking to your seven-year-old about that stuff is just because when you grew up, it wasn't talked about. Um, when we all grew up, it wasn't talked about. But maybe if, if we start changing 
that in in the next 10 or 20 years, maybe the next seven-year-old, it won't be tough for, for their parents to talk to them about it because they grew up with having open parents and and a community that was was willing to to accept people that were different. So I mean, it's just kind of re- like I don't know a ton about the story. I did read the articles in the paper, and they they uh, proposed a Pride Week for the schools, and that was voted down. And then they accepted. Then they recommended a Diversity Week, and of course, diversity is good. But the the, the one quote that I read was, "It's comparable to Black Lives Matter down in the states," and saying it's it's kind of like they were going for Black Lives Matter, but by having Diversity Week, it was like saying that no, it's more like All Lives Matter, which is a big slap in the face to to everybody that's involved in the LGBTQ plus community. So I'm not familiar enough at all with with that community, but I I can imagine how that would be very insulting. Well, and I actually have a quote here too from the Red Deer Queer Community Association in the article. And and really what they said is, it's frankly homophobic and transphobic because it refuses to acknowledge the LGBTQ plus community as valid and worth educating their students on. You have to listen. They're saying, hey, this is upsetting us that we're you know, that you made this decision. So I know there's a petition right out right now. And I, I think it's great that it's being talked about. Again, you know, you may not ag- agree with us. We may not be the, the right people to talk on this, but this is stuff that's important to talk about as uncomfortable as, as it can be. And I honestly probably feel like the, the people who made this decision, it wasn't out of malice or, or any or out of homophobia. But if it comes off that way to the community affected, then I don't think it matters what your intent is. I think if they if they accepted this this proposal, there would have been no story here. There there might have been a few people that that were uh, against it, but I mean, there's always going to be people against any decision that's made. So yeah, I just feel like they made it a bigger deal by by turning it down and re- recommending the diversity week, which is unfortunate in my opinion. In, in my mind, it was probably they're worried more about the backlash that they got more than who's going to benefit from this. Right. And, and again, hopefully, hopefully it changes. I think it's great that it's being talked about. You know what? It's unfortunately, you know, homophobia, racism, sexism, it's, it's all out there. So, uh, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy to sit here with you three guys and, and talk about it like this and know that, uh, we're all on the same page. Cause it's, and let's be honest, we were growing up and, and not on, not, in a, in a malicious way, we we're probably all guilty of of saying some words and, and saying some things that we shouldn't, and we've learned more and and we've grown because that education was there for us, and we we open our minds to it. So yeah, so I do got to say, even though I got a little heated there, and it is an important issue, I do think that society has made some steps in recent years. When you look at different uh, various movies and even some Disney kid movies, maybe in a subtle way, but they are uh, starting to show some some gay characters. Uh, same-sex couples, you see it in commercials and, you know, having kids, they definitely pick up on those things. So my oldest is, has asked a few times, you know, is it okay if I marry a girl? And yeah, absolutely. Go, You know, it's, it's about whatever makes you happy. And so I think that's the key part here is people might get fired up about this issue, but if it makes someone happy and they're not hurting anyone else, then who cares? Let them be happy. So uh, I think society is going in the right direction. I just wish we were further along than we are, but uh, we're going to keep pushing and one day we'll get there. Perfect note to end on uh, for our, I guess, first real edition of, of Real Talk. So again, thanks guys for talking about that. A little bit uncomfortable, but the more we can talk about it, the better. 
Now, as we, we move on to the, the, the rest of the show here, we're going to do just a, a little bit of uh, odds and ends. We're just going to call it housekeeping. Uh, no particular segment here, just some things we want to catch up on. We're, we're five episodes under our belt, six here. First thing I want to talk about, because we didn't talk about it last time, but it was pretty awesome to see as gross as it was. And I think a lot of people followed along with, with Dustin on social media as he did the, the laundry stripping on his hockey gear. So just that was pretty wild. It's funny, the my hockey equipment's still sitting in my laundry room, and it's the first time in my entire life that it's actually been allowed in the house. So it's awesome. You know, I, I threw it through the wash after the stripping, the double stripping, and uh, dried it. My shin pad did get stuck in the dryer, and my dryer stopped working for a little while, but until I figured out what was going on, but... Um, <laughs> Once I got everything dried, I, I pulled my wife into the laundry room and I said, this is amazing. You got to check this out. And my gloves have always been the grossest. And I put my glove right on her nose and she didn't even move. She can't smell hockey. Like I can't smell hockey on any of my equipment. So I'm geared up and ready to take my equipment once we're able to play again, beer leagues and, and just show the boys my, what I've been doing in the off season. <laughs> Dustin, that was a, uh, that was a pretty funky color that uh, showed up in your bathtub during the stripping. Did it surprise you at all? Well, the experience was, it was hilarious. I was surprised I was allowed to do it. Ashley gave me the go ahead, but um, <laughs> it's a bathtub that we don't use in our house. It's in the basement. I had to keep the door closed all. So there was rules, but uh, I think the funkiest thing of that whole day was when I first put my hockey equipment in the warm water before I even put the, the stripping material in there. Why didn't you empty the water? Yeah, I sh- that's what I don't. I should have. I should have. But it was like or <laughs> it was orange. It was like weird. So you know, and then and then once you stripped it, it was like diarrhea colored, and it was oh god, it was so gross. I was absolutely disgusted by that. And I'm wondering, do they sell like skin cleansers or cleaners? Because the fact that you've been wearing that for so long, like I, I'm just, it's disgusting that I let you sit in my vehicle and sit in my house. Well, okay. Funny, funny story off that actually, because, you know, we, we have a nice like big king bed and we each, you know, my wife and I each have our sides and the one night. I tried to switch it up and she goes, I don't want to sleep on your brown side. And we never, under, we never understood why it was brown. And then we did this laundry stripping and she's like, oh my God, you've been sleeping in the bed with that disgusting equipment on you. That's disgusting. I was like, well, I shower. After yeah, I, don't, I don't think that shower no. was doing much. No. Another bit of housekeeping we need to do is, as we go on uh, is Lund's New Year's resolution to do a TikTok dance. Oh, yeah. We heard from a, a fair amount of listeners. They suggested their songs and we've actually got this spinning wheel that we just bought because <laughs> we can't be trusted to have money and I can see Walsh shaking his head that uh, money well spent. But we're going to use this as much as we can. So we took all the song suggestions on here. There's 14 of them, 13 and one is Lund's Choice. And I'm going to give it a spin and we're going to let fate decide. Is Lund's choice like any song that he wants in the world? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's a lot of pressure. So we've we've, we've well, got a few. Yeah. I'm I mean, gonna... the chances are it's not going to land on it, so I'm not. Gonna... Oh, so here we go. I hope it. Does. I'm going to give it a spin. I just, I just hope it doesn't land on WAP because I. <laughs> can't dance well you like don't have dance. to now we never said you have to do the exact oh yeah dance. i get to create my you own dance you could be a trendsetter but... too okay. but there's there's a mixed bag on here so i'm gonna give it a good spin yeah we'll it's gotta it it's gotta go around price is right rules let's <laughs> go around the oh, full spin go. oh yeah i think it made it around once yeah oh my god what is we it? have no we have walked <laughs> 
fate. <laughs> you had a one in 14 chance. Are you kidding me? Oh, oh no. I There's no way. There's no way I can do that that dance. Yeah. You, you can't or you won't because there's a difference. I guess I have 10 months left yeah. to plan yeah. it and actually do it. So at the moment, I can't. That, the fact that it landed on there, that wheel just paid for itself. You know what? If it was prices right, you would have just won $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you wasted. Yeah. Guess who has the privilege of filming you doing this dance? Probably our new two film guys, oh, Ryan okay. and Riley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the three of us will be there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good point. I will be there for sure. Oh my you know God. What? You okay. get, either way, you get to learn something new. And our last bit of housekeeping, we've talked about this and kind of come up with an idea because in the, in the last year, I tried to learn some new stuff and we're continuing to do so. So I want to start a challenge. Every month, one of us has to learn something new. So this all started because I think I saw a TikTok video of something and I, I wanted to learn at least like the first minute and a half of the Titanic song on a recorder. That's in so, one month. That it's is so, so weird. It's weird. That is such a weird thing to want to it learn. It sounded nice. I saw it and it's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I, I can't explain how my brain works, but that's how it works. So I've already, you believe just this bad boy is just $8 on, uh, <laughs> on Amazon. Yeah, I can believe it. But uh, no, like it sounds, it's, I got a lot oh, of work. Yeah, I got a oh lot of work God. to do. It, that just pierces the that's, ear. The that's ear the next drum. month of your life. So yeah. I think I do want to challenge you guys. So I think we we talked about this. If I can't do, we're going to do a little recital. So I have to play that minute and a half by memory, or I got to take you guys all out. Hopefully by then we can, or at some point take you guys out for dinner and drinks. Oh, okay. And we'll, now not only will I attention. play it while we record, if we can, maybe if it's nice out, I'll have a little backyard recital. We'll invite over as many people as we're allowed. And uh, I'm excited to show off my skill. So. so who gets to do us three get to judge if you succeed then? Yeah. Because you can play it, but if it's just dog No, dog it's got to be It's got to be as enjoyable to listen to as a recorder can be, okay. I would say. So Teddy, two points that I get out of that. One, I think you're going to be taking us to a restaurant for dinner and drinks, but Time will tell. Yeah. Two listeners, since we've all accepted this challenge from Teddy, start thinking and stay tuned for some, uh, to submit some things that we want us to learn for a month. And we'll maybe use that. That's a good idea. Oh God. We'll maybe use that wheel a little more. (laughs) I need to justify this wheel. So yeah, do it. I think, I think you're wrong though. I, I, I bet you I could pick it up right now and play like three, figure out three notes. I'm not going to, because I'm not putting anyone through that. Okay, good. I'm going to have to figure out a soundproof for your room. (laughs) <laughs> Lundy, as your business advisor, I advise you to yeah. raise your rent significantly for March. And as I, the producer of this show, I advise Ted to cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it's going to be fun. Anytime you can learn something new. So there we go. I think we, we caught up on all that stuff. So now it's this is always my favorite part because you want to talk about something different every time. We are going to move into Deer Call. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> what? Hey, and we're going to go to Walsh this time to tell us who Deer Call is sponsored by. Yeah, so the Deer Call is brought to you by Andrew Russell and Associates, Central Alberta's number one real estate team. Proudly invested in the Central Alberta community. Visit them at andrewrussell.ca. And tell them Lundy sent you. I do have to say, known Andrew a long time. I've sold one house and bought two houses with him. And I'm not just saying this because he's my friend. He shoots you straight every time. Uh, there's zero pressure. 
He points out a lot of little things that I definitely wouldn't think of and has a lot of great recommendations. And like I say, the zero pressure is is awesome. You know, you can see a hundred houses with him and, and he's still going to have the same attitude. So I challenge someone out there to go uh, show a hundred houses or see a hundred houses with Andrew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And tell him we'll oh, say yeah. it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but in in all honesty, uh, great realtor, and I've recommended a ton of people to him. Hopefully, he starts sending me more than $5 gift cards, but uh, we'll get there one day. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you do tell him Lundy sent you, and if if you're a new client, that offer's still up, that we will help you move in, and I do hope we get to do it. Not only because it'll be fun, but obviously, we'll get Andrew a new client. I'll even bring my own bed for the sleepover after. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, and and as always too, the latest Andrew Russell Support Local Spotlight is a place, uh, man, we've heard the words last call at quite a few times and owned by one of our favorite people in Red Deer and Ryan Curtis and, and Famoso. So make sure you go to Andrew Russell's uh, Instagram and Facebook pages and, and check all those out, a, a little bit of a spotlight on, on some great local places. There's a lot of good pizza places out there, but uh, I got to say that Famoso is the best pizza in town. Ryan is one of the best out there. Huge community guy, just like Andrew, and guy can spin some dough. <laughs> Does he know any good deer calls? Because we, we got to start getting you lessons for that. Yeah, I was watching uh, watching TV with the kids the other day over breakfast, and uh, our favorite show, Paw Patrol, was on. And it was pretty funny because one of the characters in the show was, actually, was doing a legit deer call to call some deer <laughs> that were stranded. And so uh, I think, Ted, I sent you the clip, so hopefully you can play that here. Yeah, so Lund... This is what you need to be doing. Time for my works every time deer call. Maybe a baby deer call will work better. Check this out. Yes! Wow. (laughs) I don't know if that guy knows what he's talking about. Well, I mean... If anyone knows, it's Paw Patrol. Can we talk about that show? Because this is how this whole deer call got brought up. Because Dustin and Walsh, you guys are parents, so you have to see it way more. But when I do go back and visit my sister, it's like with my nephew, it's Paw Patrol 24-7. And like, I know it's not for me, but that show, I feel like kids programming now is way worse than it it used to be. And it's not that educational, but like what kind of a city, all these adults rely on a 10-year-old kid and his dogs to save the day. We got like this guy, I don't know, Captain Turner pit or whatever this guy's supposed to say like he sinks a boat every episode i've seen like i know lund you don't have any petty grievances but this show and so the, I the can... mayor is just always like whoo whoo chicken whoo like, <laughs> i think it's a i just think it's a terrible show i think i nailed that impression by the way i'll let these other two guys talk about it. i've <laughs> never seen an episode of paw patrol so i've got other cartoons that i watch but paw Patrol's not one of see them. ted if you watched season one of the Wiggles 40 times, you'd be happy to see an episode of Paw Patrol. So every time that thing comes on and I get to see those pups in action, I'm pretty happy that I'm not watching the Wiggles. So you can't convince me on that one. Ted, overall, I'd say you're right that I think the quality of children's programming is is sometimes worse and sometimes just different than what we're used to. I don't know. I, I find Paw Patrol bearable. There's a lot of unbearable kid shows out there. But I mean, I've seen every episode, you know, multiple times. So I'm getting pretty sick of it. So unfortunately, you know, for me, I have two daughters uh, or my older kids and they're the, they love like Barbie and all the girly shows and 
season. So uh, those are those are all good, but I'm excited for my son to start watching some older kid shows here coming up so that I can uh, sit there and watch my cereal or <laughs> watch the shows and eat my cereal with them. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you got to watch your cereal too or else yeah, you don't do. know where that spoon's yeah. going. But no, I think I love... You pulled a Dustin. I, yeah. <laughs> I love... I love how much like kids love Paw Patrol and it is, I think it originated in Canada. So that's cool. It is cool. It is a Canadian show. But anyways, I could go on for this. We'll get to Deer Call because we did ask, what was your favorite kids show? No, so not necessarily. Some people answered with shows that grown up shows that they maybe watched as a kid, but we're talking kids shows. Uh, We got a ton. So I pulled as many as I could, went through a bunch and we'll start locally because Megan and Jill both said they loved the RDTV Toon Crew. So, and it's pretty cool because we did post that uh, clip the other day. I think every Thursday, they're all on YouTube. Ken Meinzer posted it and then he reached out to us. So we are, we're going to get him, the Ken Meinzer from the Toon Crew on the show uh, on an upcoming episode, which is going to be awesome. But I lived in Calgary, watched RDTV every day at lunch. So I love it. And I'm guessing for you guys, even more nostalgia there. I was so mad when they took RDTV off off the TV because I grew up watching that too and then that was our only local TV show. It's fun to look back and watch all these old clips now. Just brings back so many so many good memories. Ted, I know you were in Calgary, but Lundy, Walshy, did you guys, were you guys members of the Toon Crew? Did you guys have the membership card? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I did. How did you get a membership oh, card? God. I, that's like 40 concussions ago, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, I, you know, I'm thinking back, like that was a long time ago. There's no email or I would think that yeah. you'd have to like sign, like sign up for it kind of. I feel like you had to like may you had to like mail a form in, I think. Or just like drive down there and oh, yeah. physically pick yeah, it up. Might yeah, maybe. Well, I remember that like with those things are why like you'd have to like mail in like proofs of purchase for stuff or like actually mail it in and like it'd be a month before you get it. But if anyone out there has, you know, send us a picture if you can find your Toon Crew membership or, or certificate. But Dana, Josh, and the athlete Kevin all said recess and Cody said the weekenders. So I think it tied in like Disney one Saturday morning. There, there was some great programming on there. Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons are the best. I just got to say, one of my prouder parent moments was about a year ago. Uh, I got my oldest daughter into recess on Disney+. Plus, and I think she's watched the whole series at least twice now, and, and she loves it. Uh, so it's really fun to sit down with her every once in a while and watch an episode and uh, relive my childhood. It's kind of scary how much I can remember from all the various episodes. Okay, so here's one and maybe talk about educational. Kim and Marina both said Magic School Bus, which is, I it w- at least was, but I think still is on Netflix. And, you know, not that long ago out of boredom, I've started watching some Magic School Bus episodes. And man, like that was an awesome show. And I think who didn't love when, you know, the, the TV cart would come, get roll into the room at school and you were either watching Bill Nye or Magic School Bus? They have a new version of Magic School Bus on Netflix as well. Like they have the old, the original one, and they've redone it with Mrs. Frizzle's daughter or niece or something is the new teacher. And it's great. Again, uh, my kids have seen some of it. It's great for educational. It's the same as it was before, just basically updated animation, which is more appealing to kids for sure. But a great show. I always, I love the old one because I, growing up, I always thought, man, that Arnold is a stick in the mud. But now, now at this age, like I am watching again, like I am an Arnold. He knew what was coming every time and, and he was not looking forward to it. And I think he's just a realist. As I'm learning with you, Ted, he was scared of everything and, and you're scared of horses and tubes and the hill that the tube goes on. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're that guy for sure. Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, you know what? I bet Arnold's probably still kicking today. He's healthy. He's happy. And 
Well, I don't know about happy because he probably actually didn't live that fun of a life. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they stopped drawing him. But uh, here's here's one too. Speaking of educational, it's <laughs> speaking of educational, my favorite one, and it it took like 20 or 30 comments for this to come up. Paige and Jade both said Arthur, and Arthur is still going on today. So it started in 1996, and it's still going. You guys all, you none of you guys watched Arthur. That's it. like it's still on. I'm trying to second think. longest animated series ever other than the simpsons is that he the, was the uh art an aardvark with the glasses yeah right okay and yeah. he taught us that having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card <laughs> <laughs> that stuck with me i don't think i really ever watched it wow. like i can kind of picture it i am no i am I, really disappointed in you three it is a it is yeah, a great show and that. that's 1996 it was on the same time as lamb chops play along so yeah it's still on. I mean, 1996, that's a long time for Arthur to be eight years old. Only Dustin has been eight years old longer, <laughs> I think, since 1994. So he so he can relate to that. But man, it's still on, especially with kids. Check out Arthur. It, it, it had a little bit of everything. It was, a, it was an awesome show. Graham went way back. Like He obviously watched this when it first aired, but I think we all watched the Flintstones too. Oh, that's yeah. a that's another historic one. So it's the the most financially successful and longest running network animated television series until The Simpsons, and it was ranked again after The Simpsons as the second greatest TV cartoon of all time. So that, it only it ran for nine years in the sixties and like still relevant today. I loved the Flintstones and Jetsons back to back on TV. Like yeah. that was that yeah. was my go to. I feel like those were both on RDTV at some point. Yeah, I'm sure they that were. And, and another one, too, that Fergus brought up, and you guys may not have seen this one, but Raccoons was on RDTV at lunchtime for a long time, too. I remember that one. I didn't watch it, though. No, I, I, I don't know what Raccoons is. I know for the, the Flintstones and Jetsons, I, I remember watching the TV shows and then playing the video games right afterwards, oh, yeah. too. Awesome. Yeah, those are some yeah. good games. Did we miss any? I mean, you guys probably each have one, too, that wasn't on this list. I just want to point out maybe a little older than kids shows. Just got to say, you know, throw to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Grew up on that show. A lot of good shows that you mentioned there. But I really remember probably when we were teenagers or, or just becoming teenagers in TGIF every Friday night. Oh, yeah. I mean, that went through a cycle of different sitcom kind of kid-focused shows uh, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, God. Urkel. Family yeah. Matters. Oh, Family Matters. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm thinking. Yeah. There were so many. And and it would change over the years because some shows would drop off or whatever. Uh, but they always seem to just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Topanga. Oh. Sabrina. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was, oh, yeah. Topanga. I was in love with... Oh, wow. I'm glad, I thought her name was Patanga. So I'm glad you guys said that first. I so I would have professed my love for Patanga. I don't even know. You know, you talk about your favorite shows as a kid. And I got a funny story to tell you actually this just came to my mind just like that dot run story but i'll pro <laughs> probably embarrass myself a little bit here but when i was younger a couple of my cousins they uh loved wwf so they got me into wwf like pretty young like five six and i had the all the action figures in the rings and stuff and my mom always said like if you're gonna watch wwf this stays at home like this is it this is that's all it is and one day i was at the sears with her and we were in line and this guy turned around and he was talking to my mom making small talk and i just punched this guy straight in the nuts and my mom goes my mom goes Dustin what what are you doing and I was like I don't know six seven like I knew what I was doing and I was like that's a finishing move <laughs> 
<laughs> sure enough, my ring, all my wrestling figures got taken away for like months. <laughs> so thanks a lot, cousins. Hey, Dustin, never grow up. That's funny. We're talking about TV shows or, you know, Heritage Ranch can take you. I always like this. These strolls down memory lane with Dustin. <laughs> I think I'm going to social distance from you even when we don't have to anymore. Just a fear of you doing yeah. anything. I think I'm just going to start wearing a can every time I hang out with you now. <laughs> I, I haven't watched the new WWE or whatever it's called nowadays, so you guys should be safe. <laughs> to get back on topic here, uh, one of my favorite cartoons growing up was Tintin. That's a good one. I can't remember the the drunk captain's name, but he was he was always a blast to watch. And then and then about five or ten years ago, they made an actual movie out of that cartoon, and it was uh, yeah brought back brought back a lot of good memories. I'll put it on I'll put it on the list when I need a break from Magic School Bus. We could talk about this forever. Thank you to everyone who submitted again. Like we, we like the nostalgia. I think it's a lot of fun and it was a ton of fun reading those comments. So we're, we're going to always dip back into the, the, the throwbacks as much as we can. So now we're moving on to this is, this is important. This is big. This could be the sixth and final round of Dustin versus Lund. Dustin is up 4-1. He needs five wins to take it. And for anyone who, who maybe hasn't followed along or hasn't caught up, the loser of this has to get their chest waxed. So Dustin has a, a big lead. This is the last game. We think this time we made it as fair as we could. We even tipped it a bit in Lund's favor, which I still don't think he's going to win because he, he hasn't done great under pressure so far. So Dustin versus Lund is brought to you by a new sponsor of ours, a new partner, Unparalleled Apparel. Jarrett Smith was a Red Deer wrestler. He's a Central Alberta guy. He's living in Calgary now, but this is an Alberta company. Great stuff. Thanks, Jarrett. He hooked us up with, with some of his new stuff. And uh, go to their website as well. You can use the code ODEER15 and get 15% off right now on the store. So go check it out. It's great stuff. He's a great partner to us and a lot of other things in the past. So we're also going to work on some fun stuff with him. That When I talk about Mr. Get It Done, Dustin, talk a bit about uh, what's coming up for us yeah stay tuned for some cool stuff coming out i think they say you haven't really made it as a podcast until you have merch so uh we're gonna go down that path see if it's uh something that you guys want uh, hopefully it is and uh it's really nice stuff and you know Jarrett and how he's tied in the community has offered 25 percent of all sales to go to our local initiatives that we're supporting like uh jada's cupcakes that weren't able to be done for the humane society and uh the be the village initiative and I'm sure there's going to be lots moving forward with our local ties in the community. So thanks, Jarrett, for the 25% to the local initiatives. And hopefully we can uh, get some good stuff going for you guys to support and rock around the community. So looking forward to it. I think you haven't really made it as a podcast until you sell merch. So we're, we'll get halfway there by getting it and, and hopefully hopefully the rest works itself out. And one last thing on Unparalleled too, if you are a team or business, you can check out their new custom program as well with competitive pricing. It's high quality stuff. I have a lot of Unparalleled. It's, you know, we won't mention any other brands, but it, it's higher quality, lesser price, and you're supporting an Alberta company. And you can get a good deal if you do need to buy something for, you know, a team or, or company or anything like that. So with that, this is, I, I don't know, Lund, how you're feeling. Um, yeah, how are you feeling, Lund? Well, I don't know anymore. I was feeling so confident after at the start of the last competition, and then I just bombed. So now now I'm let's just get her done. So And I'd like to extend this competition, but if not, I guess I'm ready for the punishment. <laughs> so we, this time we are doing something... Hopefully in your favor, we're doing a spelling bee or a spelling deer. I I already said it, but I don't like that. God. Well, it's a spelling bee. Um, and really, we just took five. You guys are going to get the same words. 
We took five of the most commonly misspelled words. So Lund, you're going to get to go first. Dustin, you're going to disconnect for a little bit. Um, so you can't hear or even read lips on what's going on. We're going to go through with Lund. We're not going to tell you how he did. And then Lund's going to disconnect and you're going to go. And then we'll, we'll find out who the winner is. So Dustin is gone. So this is the oh dear spelling bee. I'm going to let a pun go for once because that sounds way better. Lund is first. It's a big hill to climb 4-1 deficit. So here we go. Your first word is definitely. Could you use that in a sense? Lund will definitely be getting his chest waxed. Definitely. D-E-F-I-N-I-T. Oh, this is this is the tricky part. E-L-Y. Got it. Yep. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. On to the next one. That was good. Throws a lot of people yeah. off that E. So your next word. Get out of here, Dustin. <laughs> I can see your head poking through. <laughs> your next word is guarantee. Can you use that in a sentence? Lund falsely made a guarantee that he would make a comeback in this competition. Guarantee. G-U-A-R-A-N-T-E-E. Guarantee. Two for two, Lundy. Here we go. Privilege. Can you give me the origin of that word? I can, but it would not be correct. It would be made up. All I right. can give it, use it in a sentence. Yeah, yeah. And can you and can you sound it out nice and slowly in the sentence? I cannot, but it will be an absolute privilege watching Lund get his chest waxed. <laughs> There's a theme <laughs> okay, to these yeah. sentences. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, this one's this one's difficult. Privilege. Privilege. P. R. I. V. <sighs> A-L... Nah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is it I? I-L-E-G-E. Yeah. So there's no D in there too. That's it's a tough one. Okay, so two for three. You're still you're still doing okay. I'd think three wit takes this. Your next word is embarrassment. I can give you a sentence, but I think you know what it's going to be about. Yeah, I'd prefer not to get a sentence okay. this time. Okay, Lund's performance no. <laughs> in round five of Dustin versus Lund was a complete embarrassment. Embarrassment. E-M-B-A-R... A S eh, missed an R. There's two, two R's? R's. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> two for four. So this is a big one. Kay. Indispensable. <sighs> As in Lund is an indispensable part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many. There's so many words. It's whether it's an I or an E. <laughs> I feel like that spelling bee kid's gonna pass out. <laughs> indispensable. I N D. Yep. <laughs> okay. Is that close enough? <laughs> e. Nope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I-N-D-I-S-P-E-N-S-A-B-L-E. And while she were worried these words weren't hard enough. I know. <laughs> it's They're it's tricky. it's hard when you're not writing them. Well, right? so I had too much I had too much faith in those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Who knows? Dustin could surprise us, but uh let's see. So we'll uh, we'll bring Dustin back in and Lund, you're you're gonna await your fate. It's a rough one. All right, we won't say anything about how Lundy did. All right, Dustin, you're up. Lund is unplugged and Walsh, here you go. All right, first word. Definitely, as in Dustin is definitely going to have trouble with this spelling bee. <laughs> definitely. What part of speech is that? English. <laughs> what kind of sentence is that? What part of speech? <laughs> is it a verb or is it a noun? I don't know. Definitely. D-E-F-A. <clears throat> Damn it. D-E-F-I-N-I-T-E-L-Y. 
Yeah, I'm going all for all right. five. Oh for one. Okay. Second word. Guarantee. As in oh. Dustin has put a guarantee on this competition win. It's a bill guarantee that I'm getting this one wrong. I hate this word. Guarantee. G U A R. Are you going to the mall later? <laughs> no, I am not going to the mall. Please continue. <laughs> Gear E N T E E. Ah, G U A R A N T E E. Oh, screwed up one letter. Yeah. All right. Oh, for two. Okay. Getting to crunch time here. Word number three: privilege. As in, Dustin has the privilege of being our friend. Uh, language of origin, please. Also English. Maybe Scottish. I don't know. Wait, is Scottish a language? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) P-R-I-V. God, these vowels all throw me for a loop. A. That's got to be right. (laughs) (laughs) P-R-I-V-I-L-E-G-E. Oh, man. All right. O for three. Okay. These vowels are just throwing me. Word number four, embarrassment, as in Dustin's exercise bike thinks he is an embarrassment. E-M-B. <laughs> this shouldn't be the hard part. E-M-B-A-R-A-S-S. <laughs> what? There's two R's in there. Oh, man. It wasn't a vowel this time. Guess all letters really get you. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. All right, last word, indispensable, as in Dustin is an indispensable part of this podcast. Indispensable. I N D E. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, you guys made this so hard. All right, so Lund has rejoined us. (laughs) There will be no tiebreaker. Oh no. With a score of two, we're going to round seven. Ryan Lund wins the spelling bee. Did you get one or zero? Zero. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what you? What words did you get? I got guarantee and definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah, he started off two for two and then oh, just. Oh man! I thought three was gonna win. Embarrassment so. is surprising. No, I don't envy you guys. That that's hard and right because it's words that seem kind of easy, but they're commonly misspelled. And Lund, you're back in it back again. Back in it. At least I got we, I got work to do. But if I win one more, I have the momentum. And guess what? Dustin lost. And he didn't complain at all. Well, that was a fair, about it, about fairness a fair contest. Yeah. I'm not going to complain, but I think it was in your favor to begin with. <laughs> that sounds like a complaint. Well, that is it. Lund, congratulations for staying in. You get to keep that bat signal for at least two more weeks. And well, we're at the, at the end again. So as always, uh, we'll let you guys uh, give your final remarks before we get on our merry way. I guess I'd like to thank my uh, grades one through six English teachers. And uh, yeah, just thanks for all the kind remarks from the community that are giving us support for this podcast. Yeah, I just had to say, uh, I had to call Ted this afternoon when I saw some of these words because I was very concerned that they were way too easy. And uh, you guys proved me wrong. So good, good try. Yeah, I'm sure you would have went five for five, Walsh. Uh, I, I got it. I would. I think I would have went four for five. <laughs> but there hey, is going to hey. be a point yeah. where there's going to be a Walsh versus Ted and you guys yeah. get to pick the game. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I might have looked a little bad there, but uh, 
I think I grinded my way through it. A little, little sick, a little tired. Hopefully get out of this thing sooner and later. And There's the excuses, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to uh, hearing episode six. And, and like Walsh and Teddy said, or Lundy, thanks everyone for listening and, and supporting us and all our sponsors or partners for helping us uh, get the equipment and get this thing off the ground and, and really try and highlight and spotlight some of the spots in Red Deer that uh, can bring back some nostalgia. So cheers to them. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to the time when we can all actually get together and uh, we got a lot of fun stuff planned here over the next number of months once we can get out and, and do some stuff. And and you know what? That is a great teaser for what is to come for this podcast because uh, big things for this little basement slash Zoom podcast. So with that, yeah, thank you again to, to you three guys. Dustin, we'll, we'll, you know, maybe it's a bit of an excuse, but doing this sick is definitely no fun. So thanks for grinding through and uh, keeping Lund in this a little bit because the longer Walsh and I can go with Without a competition, the better. So, because I think no matter what, I'm probably going to lose that one. Uh, lastly, a, a, a big thank you to all our sponsors. Uh, the support from the community has been incredible. The people that that want to be a part of this, and we're of course very happy to support all these local businesses and local people as well. Um, and as always, head to our social media, follow us. We love the interaction. I think Walsh just said it before. That's the best part is when you message us and we get to talk to you a bit and get to know more and more people. And we're trying to do our best to to keep the content uh, pretty not bad. So. To end it, as always, a big thank you to our presenting sponsor, Bose Bar and Stage. Uh, they proved it again by sending their their video guys out to the, the ski hill yesterday. There's really nothing they won't do for us. Great partners, great people. So with that, thank you everyone for listening, for making it to episode six. This is more and more fun for us every time. Uh, so thank you for listening and, and giving us a reason to do this every time. So with that, for Kevin Walsh, Dustin Moore, Ryan Lund, I'm Ted Emmett. Stay safe and make good choices.